can't see him. If you would open your Bible this morning to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 6. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1 1, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We need to find out, first of all, we know that our Lord is speaking. He's speaking of God the Father blessing somebody. Who are the us? He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, somebody's blessed. According, if he has chosen, there it is again. He hath chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we, that is the us, should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That's what I want us to look at there. That's why we sung that song, accepted in the beloved. Accepted. Ever since Adam sinned in the garden, and he sowed fig leaves because he's trying to earn acceptance with God. He knows he's sinned, he's broken God's laws, and he realizes now that he's naked and he can't undo it, but he's trying to. He's trying to make himself acceptable. He's trying to appease or turn away God's wrath. But everything we do and everything he did is not accepted. It is rejected. You remember that. It's not accepted. It is rejected. Everything we touch, we defile it. Everything. He said, if you're going to build an altar, do not pick up a hammer and a chisel because as soon as you touch it, you will defile it. It's an altar of God's making. What does it mean to be accepted? It means to be highly honored, praiseworthy. And there's only one who is worthy of all praise and all honor and all glory. To the praise of the glory of his grace. His grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. 
for something, I want you to get this, for something to be accepted, for God to accept it, for God to receive it, it must be perfect. Here's what it says in Leviticus 22, verse 21. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow of a free will offering in the beeves of sheep, <clears throat> it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. So it has to be what? Perfect. You say, well, we ain't perfect. That's exactly right. Well, how can we be accepted? There's only one way. For God to make us accepted. God hath made. We didn't make ourselves. He hath made us accepted in the beloved. When Adam, I mean when Abel and Cain brought their offerings unto the Lord. Cain brought, he was a tiller of the ground. The ground had been cursed since the fall. And he brought his best fruits that he could produce. I could see him shining up his apples or his tomatoes or whatever it was. He brought the best and he thought that he thought that God would accept what he brought. And God rejected it. God said, no, it's not what I, I will not accept that under no terms. Now, Abel brought, I mean, Cain, I mean, Abel. I said, Cain brought it through the ground. Abel brought the firstlings of his flock. You know what he brought? He brought a blood sacrifice. The wages of sin is death. There must be somebody that pays the sin debt. Somebody must die in somebody's place for it to be accepted. And God accepted the sacrifice of Abel. But you know what he told Cain? When the Lord rejected Cain of his bloodless sacrifice... Cain became angry, but God said, If you do well, do what is right and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted by me? If you will bring what I require, you will be accepted. But he wouldn't. We, by nature, think our best is good enough. It ain't. It ain't even close. We all have sinned and come short. We come short of what? The glory of God. It's not perfect. You say, well, it looks pretty good to me. I know it may look good to you and it may look good to me. But we don't matter. What does God say? God said, it must be perfect. And you think about that. Perfect. Perfect. Without a flaw. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. It must be perfect. We've never done anything that was perfect. We've never wrote anything. We've never said anything. We've never built anything that was perfect. There's one who is. One who is. In Leviticus 141, it says, He shall put his hand. He shall put his hand. This is what God required. He shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. And that burnt offering, dying in the place of that sinner, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make an atonement for him. That will be accepted? Yep. Why? Because God said so. 
That's what God required, and that's only what, and that's the only thing that God will accept. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He knew that. He said, let the words of my mouth and even the meditations of my heart, how can they be accepted? And he tells us, O Lord, my strength, my strength and my redeemer. That's how. How can we try to sing? Accepted in the blood. But how can God receive that? There was so much flesh in every one of us. But how can God receive that in his darling son? We offer sacrifices that are acceptable. Acceptable to him. First of all, who did this? Who hath made us? We didn't make ourselves. Who hath made us? Accepted in the beloved. God the Father, the union of the triune God. In Ephesians 1, you see what the Father chose, the Father predestinated to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein we are made accepted in the beloved. Then it talks about Christ and his redemptive work, and then it talks the Holy Spirit sealing you unto the day of salvation. All must work together in unison. And they've all made us accepted. In who? In Christ. God chose us in Christ, redeemed us in Christ, and the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. Notice there in verse 4, how, how did God choose people? God chose a people. Kurt made a point to point out the elect of God. That's what it said. We're not trying to strain anything. If there was no elect, if God had not elected anyone, no one would go to glory. God elected based upon whom he will. Jacob to have a loved and Esau have a hated. He, he accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's. Why? He's God. How did he choose us? In Christ. Do you know who the elect is? There's only one elect. That's Christ. And we are elected in him. My three daughters were always part of me till they were born. You see what I'm saying? And we, we can't, we can't see it's hard for us to even imagine eternal things. But when God elected his son, he elected a people in his son. And that's the only way he can elect anybody is in his son who is perfect. And everything Christ did, he did for those that were elected and were given unto him before the foundation of the world. Read John 17. I want to show you this. this is Isaiah chapter 42. Remember, I tried to do a study years ago here in Ephesians, and, and then it was on a Wednesday night, and you know I'd ask questions. Dummy me. <laughs> when I got down to that part where God chose, and I said, what does that mean? Boy, did I open up a can of worms. They knew what it meant, and, but they didn't like it. 
They didn't want they didn't want to bow to it. It can't be any simpler. He has chosen us in Christ, who has blessed us with all spirit, and he has chosen us in him. Well, when did he do it? Not an afterthought before the foundation of the world. Yeah, you, we know these things, but boy, it's good to be reminded. Chosen in him. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto the Gentiles. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. Did you see that? He ain't going to fail. He's the Lord's righteous servant. He's mine elect. He was chosen for what? A purpose. He was chosen to represent a people. He was chosen to redeem a people. And he's his righteous servant. The bruised reed shall not break, thank goodness. And smoking flax shall he not quench. Most of us are like bruised reeds and just smoking flax. We're just offensive. But he shall not be discouraged till he has set judgment on the earth and the owl shall wait for his law. Well, when did God do this? Before any of this was ever made. Before the world was ever into existence. Now turn to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, verse 22. The Lord possessed me, his elect, his servant, in the beginning of his way before his works of old. Proverbs 8, 22. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning. What beginning? Whenever there was a beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While was yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest parts of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above, when he strengtheneth the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then was I with him, as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight. Didn't it say back in Isaiah 42, in whom, in whom my soul delighteth? Him brought up with him, I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable parts of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. This is what he did. Him and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know what they said? Let us make man in our own image. And we sinned in some, before we ever fail, that's what I want you to see, there was a Redeemer. 
He lists all these things before he ever gets to the point where Christ hath redeemed us. Before we had ever failed, God chose us. He picked us out, and he put us in his darling son. A distinct number of people. And he's going to save every one of them. Why? He hath accepted us in the beloved. Like I said, this was not an afterthought. Revelations 13, 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the false prophet and the beast, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And that's pretty clear, isn't it? When did he do it? Before the foundation of the world. You know what? What's that saying? Everybody that God did not choose, he's going to leave them alone, and they will not bow to him, they will not come to him, and they will all worship the beast. They'll all be deceived, they'll all be blinded, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. Why would, why would the Lord choose you? Why would he choose anyone for his own glory? You know, what our, our, here's what our Lord said in his humanity in, in uh, Matthew 11. He said he, he did these miracles here. And if he'd have done them miracles over here, these people would believe. And these people over here didn't believe. And you know what he said? Even so, Father, it seemed good and nice out to do so. He can do as he pleases. He's God. He didn't choose because of anything he saw before you had an existence. He told Rebecca, he said, she said, so why this struggle? He said, there's two nations, there's two people in your womb. The elder's going to serve the younger. Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. He set his love upon Jacob, chose Jacob, redeemed Jacob. What did he do with Esau? Let him alone. You better hope God never leaves you alone or leaves you to yourself. He loves us in his son. He loves us with an everlasting love. He chose us to be holy. Why did he choose us to be holy? Not that we might be holy, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose them for a reason. He chose them for a purpose, to make them holy. And without blame, before him, in love. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. He chose us, the Father chose us, and predestinated us. Well, the world hates that word, don't they? They know what that word means. It means predetermined beforehand. God predestinated us unto the adoption of children. I thought about this years ago where I could remember it. You know, what's an anacronym for us useless sinners? That describes us pretty good. We are useless sinners. He hath predestinated us predestinated everything that ever happened in your life good or what you would call bad was ordained of God Danny every step you ever made 
when you was working in Chicago, you never thought you'd be in a, a place called Cottageville or Ripley. <laughs> but he did. He has predestinated us into the adoption of children. These are his children. How can we, useless sinners, be made accepted in the beloved? He hath adopted us as children. We are chosen. We are now the sons of God, whom he did foreknow, whom he did love beforehand. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. And whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. That's his work. He's going to make them holy and without blame. Don't you listen. I know that he, the work that he began in us, he's still working. There's still a lot of sin, but don't you, don't you listen to this. When God sees, before God sees me, he sees my Savior. Do you hear what the song said? God sees my Savior, and then he sees me. If he sees me, all he sees is sin. That's all that's there. But if he sees his son, you know what he sees? He sees perfection. He sees perfect righteousness that was wrought out for somebody. Accepted. How can I be accepted? In him and him alone. Our acceptance with God, we are accepted in the beloved. We didn't make ourselves accepted. Our, our acceptance does not depend upon us. It didn't begin with us. It is not maintained by us. And it can't be altered by us. Did you hear that? It can't be altered. I can tell you right now, if, we could, if you could mess it up, we sure would. We sure would. In a heartbeat. We are kept by the power of God through faith. He keeps us. Yeah, you may fall a thousand times, but we are received not on our basis of any works, but upon the righteousness of Christ. He accepts them in the beloved. They're mine. Stop that man from going down into the pit. I found a ransom. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know he redeemeth, liveth. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though we fell in Adam, we were accepted in the blood. You ever wondered why, <clears throat> excuse me, when Adam sinned, that God didn't send him to hell the very moment he sinned? God had done accepted him in the beloved. They was a redeemer. God said, this is my beloved son. He never said this about anyone else. This is my beloved son in whom I am well placed. When he, and I don't understand all this. <clears throat> when he came to John the Baptist, John the Baptist said, I'm not, I'm not worthy to untie your shoes. He said, why did you come to me to be baptized? I need to be baptized to you. And he said, we must fulfill all righteousness. And when our Lord come out of the water, it said, a dove descended, the Holy Spirit ascended in a, in a dove, the Son of God standing there 
wet from head to toe, and the God the Father, God the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He did it in our behalf to identify with his people. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He always did that which pleased the Father. But he did it for somebody. We have always, don't you see this? We have always been accepted in Christ, our beloved, before you were ever thought of. That's the thing. It's not something afterwards, it's something that. His angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto them who are the heirs of salvation. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. They are ordered. And in due time, he's going to cross their path. Do you know that they are immortal until he crosses their path? He told, he stole, he told the man in the temple, you cannot die till you've seen the Lord's Christ. What am I saying? God has always looked to his darling son for our acceptance. That's what he's saying. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 9. By the time I'd read the whole chapter, he comes... And he knocks on the door. I think it says, it was the knock of my beloved. She knew who it was. He loved her, and she loved him. And her, her, her love has kindly grown a little cold. She knows he's at the door, and she won't get up and go to the door. Oh, he'll be there when I, when I get ready. I've done laid down, I'm resting. I've done got my feet clean and everything. I'm laying in my bed resting. He's not going to leave her laying there. Why not? He loves her. And he reaches in and touches her affections and stirs her heart. And you know what she does? She gets up out of bed. And she goes to the door, and he's not there. Can you imagine how she thinks? Look how I've treated him. Why would he ever love me? But listen, she goes out into the street, and she's looking for him looking for him. And they ask her a question, what is thy beloved more than another beloved? What makes him so so special? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? And here, don't you see this now? She's cold, indifferent. She's cast down in heart. Where's he at? She's looking for him. She's looking for him. And here she describes him. She says, my beloved is white and ruddy. He's the chiefest among 10,000. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes there are the eyes of doves by the rivers of water washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are his bed of spices as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are his gold ring set with a burl. His belly 
is his bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as leaven and excellent to the cedars. Now watch this. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he's altogether lovely. Ain't no blemish in him. That's my beloved. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. And this is my friend, O daughter of Jerusalem. Our acceptance with God is complete, total, and absolute. You know, some, it's only by grace that you can believe that. Because we see so much sin. How could God ever accept us? One way. He hath made us accepted in his son. And when he sees, Kurt, before he sees, he sees his son. And he sees you in his son. So if he sees his son and sees you, he sees you perfect in his son. And see, men have missed it, and they think that grace is something that you do. To earn God's acceptance like Cain did. This day, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God hath made you. And that's when you realize that you are accepted into beloved. Your faith is a gift of his grace. It's the fruit of being accepted in the blood. They all will believe. In whom you trusted. In, what, in whom you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who first trusted in him, the Father did. And you know what? He enabled you to trust him. Now, I want you to think about that a minute. He enabled you to trust him, trusted him to do what? To accept me. He gave you faith to trust him to keep you, to preserve you, to teach you, to believe on him. He, he, trust, he trusted him. I want you to see this. He trusted his son to save all his elect. He trusted him. This is my righteous servant. This is my elect. He trusted him. You know what he did? He gave all the elect of God to his son. And the son is our surety, said, I will take full responsibility for them. I'm going to bring every one of them home. And every one of them is going to stand before the throne of God perfect and accepted without blemish, without even a blemish. Can that be true? Lord, help me to believe it. To believe it. Your faith in Christ is the assurance of your being accepted in the beloved. He that hath begun a work of grace in us, making us accepted in the beloved, will, will complete his work and make us perfect with the beloved. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. Why? To be conformed to the image of his son. 
Now, he's not going to make little gods, but he's going to make us. He's going to see to it. He's going to make us <laughs> just like you. He will see to it. He will see to it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above you heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In the beloved, I went to the tree. There in his person by faith I may see infinite wrath rolling over his head infinite grace for he died in my stead in the beloved God's marvelous grace call me calls me to dwell in this wonderful place God sees my savior and then he sees me in the beloved accepted and free you know what that will do it will free you it's his word